Praise the Lord. I want you to take your Bibles then tonight, and I want you to look in Proverbs, the 22nd chapter, Proverbs chapter 22, Proverbs chapter 22, the congregation liked their new pastor, and uh, he was a new pastor that came in, and they really liked him a a lot, but they were puzzled by his speaking style. The first Sunday he was there, he spoke eight minutes. Some people really enjoyed that. The second Sunday he spoke 45 minutes, and they were kind of puzzled about that, Pastor Newby, and Then the next Sunday, he spoke an hour and a half. The board didn't really care for that, and they wanted to pull him in. He said something like this. He said, well, let me explain something. The first Sunday that I was here, I had my teeth pulled. So I was very sore, and my mouth hurt quite a bit. The second Sunday, he said, I got my new dentures, and I said, I feel good. So I preached 45 minutes. He said, now the hour and a half, I put in my wife's dentures, and that's the reason I spoke an hour and a half. Anyways, we'll keep going. Praise the Lord. Proverbs, <laughs> Proverbs, praise the Lord. 22, verse 28. The word of God says something like this. Remove not the ancient landmarks which thy fathers have set. Say that with me. Remove not the ancient landmarks which thy fathers have set. How many know, how many will declare with me that the word of the Lord says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof? How many, I'm going to just go ahead and tell you, quit worrying about recession because it all belongs to God. Come on, with God there is no recession. I know you don't want to hear that tonight, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it because the word of God said he owns a cattle on a thousand hills and we say in Arkansas he owns the taters under the hills. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but I want you to realize then tonight that your identity is is that God is the owner and you're nothing but a steward. And until we realize that we're the steward and not the owner, then we're never going to make it in this life. I want you to realize that God has bestowed upon us some boundaries within the church. And this is something that I believe, Pastor Newby, that God has laid upon my heart to minister at this church because I believe that there's an end time attack of the devil is to come against the boundaries of the church and to define the church according to the world's culture. But can I tell you, I'm not going to be defined by what the world calls me, but I'm going to be defined by what God's word tells me. Amen. Now, I want you to look into the Word of God with me again, but I want to describe something. When we're talking about removing not the ancient landmarks, I want to tell you that to steal someone's property was to reject God's Lordship. And that's what it was meaning there in Proverbs, the 22nd chapter, verse 28. Not only that, Pastor Barry, to survive was to mean, that's why this scripture was giving In order to survive, people had the temptation that when they seen a landmark, that they were going to move it out of the way. And can I tell you, in order for the church and its survival, we cannot move from what the Word of God says in the church. Somebody preach with me tonight. And can I tell you, we cannot move from the landmarks that God, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but in order for the church to survive, we cannot 
be moved by skeptics. We cannot be moved by the world. We cannot be moved by the culture. And can I tell you that there are nominational, denominational churches and non-denominational churches that are getting their orders from the culture and the world that surrounds us. Can I tell you, we still need to listen to the Holy Ghost. We still need to get our orders from God. We still need to get our orders from this book and not from a man. Come on, somebody. Help me preach tonight. Hallelujah. And can I tell you, so moving a boundary marker stole not only property, but it stole crops. How many's ever planted a garden in here? Any country folk planted a garden in here? Lift your hand. How many's helped plant a garden? There we go. We're getting some more hands. Can I tell you that it's not an easy task to plant a garden? Can I tell you that it's not an easy thing to plant a garden? But can I tell you tonight more than anything is that some of us have prayed a long time about some needs and some family members in our life. You know what you're doing? You're planting seeds of prayer that you're, God, you're believing God to bring in fruition. You're believing God to bring some sons and daughters into fruition into the kingdom of God. You're believing God to answer some prayers. So guess what? Your prayers, you're digging some garden. You're digging up the soil. You're asking God to help. You're asking God to intervene. Can I tell you that you've come too far, church, to allow the enemy to move your boundary markers and to come in your garden and all the prayers that you prayed to take out the seeds that God has placed into your life. Can I tell you, I believe this. My grandmother prayed it over me, Barry. It was something like this. The seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Is there anybody in here? I believe this. She said something like this. I never have forgotten. The same word of God that's in my mouth shall be in my seed's mouth. And my seed seeds mouth. Boy, everybody say that with me. Come on, you need to claim that for your household right now. Come on, somebody claim that with me. The, say it with me. The same word of God that's in my mouth shall be in my seed's mouth. And my seed seeds mouth. Can I tell you that I'm a product of a grandmother that still at 75 years old, Pastor Barry, that gets up at 5.30 in the morning and hits the church over in Stanley, North Carolina. Can I tell you that I was on my way to a devil's hell as a teenager, but a, a grandmother got a burden to pray for her grandson. And can I tell you that 15, 20 years ago, if she would have told me that I would have been standing at Crown Point Church in Kansas City, I wouldn't have believed her. But can I tell you, God's got big plans for those prayers that you're praying. Don't give up and allow the devil to take that boundary marker and gain ground. One of the reasons, come here Pastor Barry, I want to I show you something. Come here. Yeah, I want to get up here where everybody can see us. Y'all might want to take some pictures of this. <laughs> Brother, do you want to come back? <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is how the enemy is. I want you to realize this is the church. Stand right there. Look at me. This is the church. This is the boundary marker of the church. But this is what the enemy's trying to do. If I can just gain a little bit more ground. Come on, somebody. If I can just allow homosexuality to rule and reign inside the church house. Is it happening in our pulpits right now? Come on, y'all. 
There's major denominations. I was talking to Pastor Barry today that many of them that were raised in good Holy Ghost Methodist, some of you come out of the Methodist church. They were Holy Ghost filled even before AG even had Holy Ghost. Come on. And I'm here to tell you tonight more than anything is that some of them would even turn over in their graves to realize that there's homosexual preachers that are inside their organization right now. Can I tell you? It doesn't matter. I'm here to tell you what we need to say is that devil, you're not going to move the boundary. Come on, we pray too hard. We believe your word. This is what your word says, and we're not going to allow you to gain ground. Look at somebody and say, don't allow the devil. Tell them, say, don't allow the devil to take your ground. Come on, I'm here to tell you at Crown Point Church, don't allow the devil to steal your joy. Don't allow the devil to steal your peace. Don't allow the devil to steal your prayers. Don't allow the devil to come in and cause havoc in your home. Hello. And the worst thing that you can do, thank you, Pastor Barry, I might call you back. Praise the Lord. The worst thing that we can do is allow the enemy. In fact, what I want to tell you this is this, is that obviously permanent objects described boundaries. And usually those things were rocks. But I want to tell you that Deuteronomy 19.14 and Deuteronomy 27.17, the covenant cursed anyone that moved a boundary. That was God's word. It's not mine. And can I tell you, if the world is trying to control and move the boundary of the church, can I tell you, is that God is going to curse it. Come on, somebody. God is going to curse that thing when he tries to move the boundary of the church. But I want to tell you this. Proverbs not only just initially says, don't just remove the ancient landmarks, but those who had inherited the landmark and established it don't move it. In other words, if it was passed down from your family, I don't know about you, but I've got a rich heritage of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, is it all right if I get excited in here tonight? I got a good red-headed hot Holy Ghost grandmother at 75 years old that's still going overseas in India and still preaching the word of God. I know what kind of heritage that I have. And can I tell you that I'm not going to allow the enemy to come in and to take my heritage of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe some of you say, well, Pastor Floyd, I don't have that. I didn't have a mother and daddy that was raised in church. I am the one. Well, guess what? You just started a heritage for the next generation. And can I tell you, you need to say, I've established it for my family and I'm not going to allow the devil to move any boundaries in my family. Some of you praying for some, how many is praying for some family members to show up in church? Raise it, look at about, just about everybody. Look at somebody right next to you say, move out of the way. Just tell them, say, move out of the way. My family's going to have that seat right next to you. Come on, how many is believing that? Come on, I'm believing for my whole entire family just to fill up a whole row. Some of your family members can fill up the whole side of the church. Come on, somebody. I'm just believing that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Glory to God. So I want to tell you again that not only do not move, but those who had inherited, and some of you have an inheritance that you shouldn't be messing with. Some of you had a praying. In fact, you're here because a grandma prayed for you. Some of you are here because a mother, you heard her. I'll tell you what moved me. Is at an early age, 
When I went to come home and I knew I was lost and undone without Jesus, but I could hear a mama praying in the Holy Ghost inside of her room calling her son out by name. I still remember that, Pastor Barry. You know what? She wasn't allowing the boundary of the devil to be moved into that house. And you know what? My mother and father, and I wish I could go in detail, don't have time tonight, but can I tell you they were heavenly involved in the church and the enemy come in and moved boundaries in their lives. They allowed it to happen and they backslid on God and went. when the word of God says when you go, it's going back seven times worse than what it is. Anybody know what I'm talking about in here? To make a long story short, I was a young man, a young teenager in my home. I was the only child, but I was determined to serve God. I would walk up and down those halls in my house and I, I would even lay hands, uh, Barry. I would take oil if it was motor oil, any kind of oil. It didn't matter to me. I'd take some oil and just lay my hands on the pictures and just believe and claim and let the devil hear me that as for me and my house, we are going to serve you. Devil, I want you to hear me. My mom and dad is coming back. They are going to serve the Lord. They're not going to be removed from the anointing that you placed upon their life. And can I tell you that a series of events that I don't have time to tell you, I wish that I did, but I can't tell you that testimony but can I tell you my dad had a horrific wreck and he just about died but can I tell you I was overseas on a missions trip with my grandmother in India in 1995 but God got a hold of my father when he hit his face on the steering wheel and blood was rushing from the sides in fact his lungs were collapsing and they wasn't giving him any time to live and can I tell you my dad even told me after all this he said son he said I love you but I didn't think about you at that moment I didn't think about your mother at that moment but I thought that I was going to bust hell wide open and in that moment I've asked God to come into my heart and forgive me of all of my sins and creating me a clean heart and renewing me a right spirit can I tell you don't give up on your loved ones if you felt like they got in a car wreck you just don't know what God's grace and God's mercy did at that moment because can I tell you I don't know if I could have lived with it to be quite honest with you and some of you may be in this room but can I tell you that God's grace and God's mercy is from everlasting to everlasting it took something evil Pastor Newby the devil wanted to kill and steal and destroy my family but I said the devil is a liar he will not take my mother and father and they come back to the fold in Jesus name You've got to speak it over your family. Even if you're the only one. You may be the only. Boy, I feel this tonight on somebody's family. Some of you have been crying out for some people. Some of you are crying out for some people inside this house tonight. I know I can make that a general statement, and that's easy to say, Pastor Barry, but I feel this unction of the Holy Ghost to say that God's hearing your prayers. God and, and in fact, God is using people where they work. They're Christians on their job. <laughs> you said you've tried to witness to them, and it's, uh, it doesn't work. Seem like I get slapped in the face every time I try to preach Jesus to them. I want to give you comfort tonight that God is hearing your prayers, and there are laborers. Mm, my 
God. There are labors in the field, the Spirit of the Lord says to you, that's ministering in here. I feel the Holy Ghost right now that's ministering to those needs of those families in your life right now. God hadn't forsaken you. God hadn't forsaken Cornelius and his entire household was saved. Now that's what I'm believing. How many just lift up your hand and say, I'm believing. Come on, call out your family right now. Come on, call out Diane. Call out John. Call out Floyd. Say, I'm believing that they're coming in fruition and salvation. In the name of Jesus, devil, you can't have them. Devil, you can't steal them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. So can I tell you that the job of the enemy is to gain ground of the church and move the boundaries. And that's exactly what he's trying to do even on the church side of things. And can I tell you that uh, in order to inherit boundaries, you've got to be an heir, number one. What is an heir, Pastor Floyd? An heir is something simply this. One who inherits or has a right of inheritance in the real property. One to whom something falls to succeed. So to establish boundaries, I got to know who I am. Come on, somebody. My grandmother gave me something years ago. There's an old piece of paper that I still keep. And I get up and I say these things sometimes just to encourage myself. It's called a little sheet called Who Am I in Christ? It says something like this. I am God's child for I am born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. I am forgiven of all my sins and washed in the blood. I am a new creature. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. I am delivered from the power of darkness and translated into God's kingdom. I am blessed. I am the head and not the tail. Come on, somebody. I'm established to the end through Jesus. I am victorious. I am set free. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. I am complete in him. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. Honey, when you start quoting that in the morning, your weedies start coming alive. Lord, they're going to look at you and say, what'd you eat this morning? Tell them, say, I ate the word this morning because I know who I am. I know who I am this morning because I'm an heir of the Floyd and Vicki McDonald estate. In fact, I don't have it with me, but I've got keys to their home. Come on, you can't go in and get a bologna sandwich, but I can. You know why? Because I'm a son. Come on, think about it. And the word of God says, I've given you keys to the kingdom that whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It's good to be a Floyd McDonald and a Vicky McDonald son, but greater than that, I'm a child of the king. Somebody lift up your hand if you're an heir of the Christ that I serve. Because the word of God says in Galatians 4 and 7, wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Hallelujah. So I want you to realize that as an Israelite, the landmark determines the inheritance in the Lord. Now I'm trying to build a base. Just wait on me just a minute. To remove it is therefore again in a serious offense. I want to tell you what you need to proclaim. This is church of old right here. 
Some of you, you, you think I'm just going old line, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I remember praying out the altar where they something, said something like this. Pastor Newby, you know what I'm talking about. I plead the blood of Jesus. When was the last time you ever heard that statement? I plead the blood of Jesus. If there's anything that the enemy don't want to hear is when you plead the blood of Jesus Christ and you say, I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. I plead the blood of Jesus over my health. I plead the blood of Jesus over these situations and over these circumstances in my life. And God, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to intervene, Father God. So again, I want to tell you that there's blood boundaries that are being established in the church house right now. It can and I tell you that I believe this we're not going to allow the devil to come over the blood boundaries of the Lord Jesus Christ there's been blood that's been shed from the cross of Calvary and I'm not going to let him cross over hallelujah inside the church can I tell you that there are isms and schisms going on that it's okay for uh, homosexual preachers come on y'all did you hear me did you ever think that you would even see this in nominal churches? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a 35-year-old young man, and I can't even believe what I'm seeing right now. But can I tell you that there is an onslaught to keep moving the boundaries of the church back so that the culture will have a voice instead of the Word of God being the final authority. It's a man trying to be the final authority. Whew, Jesus. I want to tell you this more than anything. You know, you know what it's time to do? Seriously. We need to say, devil, private property. No trespass. You want to know the title of my message? There it is. Private property. You're not welcome here. Oh, man, come on, somebody. Help me out right there. Tell the devil you're not welcome here. Come on, every thought that is not of the Lord, bring it into captivity. Hold your sign up. Hold the word of God and declare, devil, no trespassing. This is private property. I'm a product of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Woo, glory to God. Tell somebody, say, no trespassing. Hallelujah. <laughs> glory to God. So I want to tell you, let's go to 1 Kings, the 21st chapter. I'm trying to hurry, y'all. Praise the Lord. You with me tonight? Is this okay? 1 Kings 21. 1 Kings, the 21st chapter, the Word of God says this in verse 1. Came to pass that after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs. Mm. Because it is near unto my house. And I will give uh, thee for it a better vineyard than it. Or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. Can I tell you something tonight? Naboth's name means fruit. If you ever want to study a character in the Word of God, look up their name first because the Word of God puts great deal of uh, distinction, destiny in the names of people. And Naboth's name means fruit. He may not have heard uh, well enough on Ahab, but you do know his wife, old Jezzy. 
Anybody ever heard old Jezzy? In fact, he tried to call somebody Jezzy the other day. Ahab's wife was Jezebel. And can I tell you that the liking of Ahab seen what Naboth had in his vineyard. And can I tell you that the first thing here is that the devil will try to deceive you and manipulate you and tell you, listen, I want, I like what I see and I want to take what you have. And don't believe him for a second that he'll give you something better. In fact, why does he want yours and try to give you something better? Does that make any sense at all? In fact, it almost sounds like the temptation of Christ. Remember when he said something, I'll give you all of this, when Jesus just could have simply said, I own it all anyways. (laughs) It belongs to me. When he said, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And we know that the word of God says that. So again, we realize this. I love the response that we see from Naboth. Here it is. He says, give me your vineyard. I, I, I need a garden of herbs. It looks good. I, that's exactly what I want. I want you to see the picture of the church here because this is a modern day picture of Satan trying to steal the very core foundations of the church. But I, we need to be like Naboth and say what Naboth said in verse 3. Well, how did he respond? Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord forbid it. You know what? We need to rise up as men and women of God and say the Lord. Listen, you know what he realized? Number one, he realized this ain't my vineyard. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. So you've got to understand it ain't mine to give away. I know that ain't doesn't sound good, but I'm going to just give it to you in country terms. Listen, it ain't mine to give it away. So that's why Naboth said the Lord forbidden me. And what does he say? We're talking about inheritance, right? What does he go on to say? He said that I should what? Give the inheritance of my fathers unto you. Woo! Hallelujah. Come on, some of you have worked too hard, you've prayed too hard, you've served God a long time. Now don't allow the enemy to come in your vineyard. You know what? You need to raise your hand and say, the Lord forbid it me. You can't have, come on, say it, there you go. Lift your hand and say, no trespassing, devil. Private property, the Lord forbid it me. I'm not going there. I'm not going to entertain that thought. I'm not going to entertain those things that the enemy would try to bring against me. Guess what old Ahab did? Let me tell you the old story. I'll just I'll paraphrase it Floyd here. Let me just tell you what happened. Ahab went home. He's a crybaby. <laughs> he went home. He got on his couch and he began to cry. Dinner time was called, and old Jezzy was wondering, where's Ahab? He's not here. Jezebel sent something like it. Hey, what's wrong with you? (laughs) It sounds just like a kid if you read it. It's funny. It really is funny. If you read it, it says something like this. Ahab wouldn't give me his garden of herbs. Just like a kid. You know what Jezebel said? Jezebel said something like this. You're the king. Go take it. Possess it. In fact, I'll do it for you. I'm going to tell you something. When you stand up for the boundaries of the word of God and you don't give in to what the culture is saying, you don't give in to what politicians are saying. Oh, come on now, y'all. 
Hello? And you agree with what the word is first and foremost and final authority? Can I tell you, you're going to have a fight on your hands. The devil's not going to leave you alone. And can I tell you that what happened was Jezebel set up false people against uh, uh, Naboth. The word of God says she set up sons of Satan or sons of Belial to have a false witness against him because he violated the king. And can I tell you that these false witnesses had a, a kangaroo court for Naboth. And it doesn't say much about Naboth anytime else, but they said that they took him out to the street and they stoned him, Pastor Barry, and they killed him. You say, Pastor Floyd, that's real encouraging. Why do you want to tell me that story for? You know why? Because in the heat of the moment, my God, I'm getting excited right now. In the heat of the moment, Naboth could have said, I don't want to be stoned. I'll give you the vineyard. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Can I tell you that culture is saying just give it up before I kill you? But guess what Naboth said? I won't give it up. I'll go down to my death saying that this is the Lord's vineyard. And can I tell you that they may be your children, but they're God's children first. And I refuse to give them to the devil. I refuse to give my household to the devil. Come on, somebody help me preach right now. I refuse to give those things in my mind that I've allowed the devil to come in my mind. You know what you need to do? Go ahead and go all the way to the end. I believe it's a welcome home just like Stephen. How many remember Stephen while he was stoned? You know what an old preacher lady used to say? It was something like this. When it was good night world, it was good morning Jesus. Hallelujah. And can I tell you that's exactly what happened to Naboth because having done all to stand, guess what he did? He stood. And I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart tonight, and I want to get into things tonight, just if you'll just stay with me just a couple more minutes, that when you make a declaration that the devil doesn't like and is contrary to what plans that he is trying to draw up and contract against your house. Can I tell you, he's not going to leave you alone. He's going to try to get you under the pressure to yield to the pressure and to say, oh, I might as well just go ahead. And can I tell you that there are nominal churches and ministries because somebody said, if you don't do this, then I'm going to do this. I tell you what, I'd rather honor God than to obey man. Come on, somebody. I'd rather be obedient to the Holy Ghost than to uh, be obedient to man. Come on, somebody. And so what I want to tell you then tonight that there are things and I'm trying to move as fast as I can, but there are landmarks that God has set in order for the church. Will somebody help me? Will you help me, Pastor Barry? <laughs> Pastor Barry, you're going to come in just a second and help me too. Barry, come in. There are landmarks that I believe that's very important and vital. You got your Bible? Go ahead and get it. This is the first one. If you're not abiding by this, come on. You can't, listen, you can't get a Burger King meal on Sunday and let, let that last all week long. Is there anybody in this room? 
If we fail, come on, hold your Bible up. If we fail, stand behind that landmark. If we fail, thank you for being obedient. If we fail to realize that this is the first and foremost. Listen, 2 Timothy said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. And can I tell you this? I love this little saying. I found this little thing and I want to read it to you. Let me tell you what, the Bible's been burned, it's been drowned, it's been chained, it's been put in prison, it's been torn in pieces, yet it has never been destroyed. Oh, glory. Bernard Ram said, wrote this, a thousand times over, the death knell of the Bible has been sounded. The funeral procession formed. The inscription cut on the tombstone and committal read, but somehow the corpse never stays put. Can I tell you, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain forever. When all else fails, pick up your word. Get back in the word of God. If there's anything, you know what? If they would just, you know what amazes me? Why people just agree with other men if they would just look in the word of God and see that it's wrong. Brother Newby, it's not hard, is it, to figure out? Again, if it's, if it's wrong according to God's word, guess what? It's wrong. There is no argument. That's what it says. We're going to be obedient to it. People are making, uh, uh, they're, they're spending monies on conventions to wonder if it's wrong or right. Listen, if it's wrong and the word of God says, guess what? It's wrong. <laughs> if it's right, it's right. Can I tell you this? That's the second one that we need to move to. And some of you can put some of these scriptures down and I apologize to, the, to you then on that. It's infallible. It's without error. The word of God is the landmark, the first one in the church that should remain. Can I tell you that the second landmark that we need to have, Pastor Barry, come and help me. This is the second landmark that I believe is very crucial in the church. And that's salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Or maybe over in Acts 4 when it says something like this. There is no other name given unto heaven whereby men must be saved. Can I tell you that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord of all. I'm going to tell you there's junk that's coming down the pike if you're not hearing it in the media to say that all religions lead to heaven. Choose whatever you want to. Jesus is not the way. Allah is the way. Islam is the way. Except the new age. Can I tell you Jesus said something like this in his word. I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's a boundary that we cannot cross that we must keep first and foremost and that is the salvation of the living God. And can I tell you more than anything, everybody say this when they say, when they say oh, we're all worshiping the same God. You know what? That's baloney. You need to really uh, examine what you're hearing even in your media and your talk show host. Come on, somebody. Help me. Because I'm going to tell you there is an agenda of the devil that's being pushed. And if we're not standing up as a church, 
Because I'm going to tell you, if the tree huggers can get some, uh, 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 some publicity, then us church folk need to stand up and say something. Come on, somebody. Can I tell you that more than anything, and I'm, I'm getting done, just stay with me. I, I know some of you are looking at your clocks, but just stay with me just a little bit more. Pastor Mary, come and help me. Can I tell you that this is very critical? It's very critical nowadays. And that is the landmark of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you that there was a statistic, and Brother Newby can correct me, but there was one time a statistic that was out that there was almost 50% in our churches that attend our churches that is not filled with the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you something? I'm not at all mad or don't think that I'm better or anybody else, but can I tell you this? We cannot allow the devil to come into our churches and tell that that's just a bunch of gibbers. They're just, if you spell Eddie, E-D-D-I-E three times and you got the Holy Ghost. That is not what we're saying. You know what the Romans chapter 8 says? For we know not as we ought to pray, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for me with groanings that cannot be uttered. In other words, there are times when I don't know the will of God for my life, but guess who prays the will of God for my life? The Holy Ghost. And can I tell you, in the last days, and I believe we're living in the last of the last days, be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled with the Spirit. There are some of you, you've been seeking and seeking and seeking. You know what may happen here guess what it may happen in your shower <laughs> don't put God in a box it may be where you're worshiping God going down the road just praying and worshiping listening to the praise and worship music and obviously another language out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water and something will come out and you'll just say what is that honey yeah, I'm going to tell you something first of all you'll know when you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost Sis, I'm serious. What's your name? Jean. Guess what? I'm not going to have to go to Jean and shake her little apple right on her throat. Come on and make her do something. Come on, somebody. These are things that have happened in Pentecostal churches. And I think that their heart was good and their heart was there. But yeah, you know when you just realize when you just start worshiping God and just praising Jesus and realizing that I'm not magnifying the tongues but giving Jesus glory, guess what happens? There's some time where God's going to pour out his spirit on you. It may not happen at the church, but it'll happen sometime. So don't put them in a box, but there is a boundary. And can I tell you that the enemy's trying to say, oh, that's not real. Oh, that, that's fake. They're, they're fake. Can I tell you that the devil is a lie? We need to keep the boundary of the Holy Ghost within our Pentecostal church. Last time I looked, Crown Point was an assembly of God church. And we're still going to believe that the Holy Ghost is present and here and working within our churches. Whoa, Glory. Hallelujah. So can I tell you what the next one is? And I love this one. Can you help me? All right. I believe this more than anything. Come on through here, sis. I still believe in divine healing. He's still the same God yesterday, today, and forever. The word of God said he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And by his stripes... 
God, I am healed. Is there anybody that's been a product of God's healing power in here? Is there any sick among you? Is there any afflicted? Call for the elders of the church, anointing them with all. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. I still believe in the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. That was yesterday. We still serve the same God. Yesterday. Today. And forever. I still believe. There's some of you, you need a miracle tonight. You're praying for an area in your body to say, God, if you don't intervene. Some of you have already got some bad reports from a doctor. And I appreciate doctors. I appreciate psychiatrists and psychologists. But there's one that can heal, regulate your mind, and regulate your heart. And can I tell you that Jesus has the final authority? And can I tell you, what if I don't get healed? Praise him anyways. Well, Pastor Florent, wait a minute now. You, you believe in the divine healing of the Lord. Now, I prayed all day for my dad. Now, he got really sick and he didn't get healed. Yes, he did. When he crossed over into Jordan, God decided to heal him there. So guess what? For the child of God, it's double whammy. Glory to God. If you don't get it here, you'll get it over there. So you will get your healing. <laughs> Glory to God. And so I can't explain it. I can't tell you the reason why God heals some and doesn't heal others. That's the sovereignty of God. And can I tell you that I can't explain that. But can I tell you this? I still believe. I may not even get my healing. But that doesn't mean that's going to affect my praise. That's going to affect my worship. That's going to affect some people want results. And when they don't get it, then they don't want to trust God anymore can I tell you that that's not a real God to you I'm here to tell you what's a real God is God if I don't get healed I'll praise you if I do get healed I'll praise you I'll worship you anyways just a couple more just wait on me just a couple more can you help me man come on can I tell you this it's going to someday happen soon sooner than later in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and those that remain shall be caught up or raptured to be with the Lord. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm going. <laughs> how many know it's right around the corner? Come on. How many, how many just be excited if it happened just in, in about five minutes? Come on, I'd be excited. Come on, I'm ready to go, Lord. I got things right with Jesus. Come on, I'm ready. We need to keep this boundary because I tell you, the culture saying, oh, it won't happen. That's a facade. That's a fairy tale. It's not going to happen. Guess what? If God's word says it'll happen, I believe it. There was an old sticker that used to say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Let me just tell you something. God said it, that settles it. Whether you believe it or not, huh? come on, somebody. The word says it and that settles it. Bottom line, the rapture will take place. And can I tell you that this probably is more important. Who's a husband and wife here? Who's a husband and wife? You got your family? Come on. I want y'all to help me. Come on. Come on. What's your names? What's your? Dan? Oh, Dan and Ann. Boy, I like that. Your twins. Come on up here. Y'all stand behind that boundary. You know what? If there is an attack 
I want you to listen to me. If there is an attack, a last day attack of the enemy, I feel the Holy Spirit. If there is a last day attack of the enemy coming against the church, this is it. Because revival don't happen at church until it happens at home. Did you hear me? It's got to happen at the house before it happens in this house. And can I tell you that there's a boundary that the enemy's tried to steal and kill and destroy marriages. Is there anybody with me? Some of you spouses are here alone. Some of you husbands are here alone. Some of you wives are here alone. But can I tell you, keep believing for your husband. Keep believing for your wife. Keep believing for your family member. Because God is able to save them. God's able to deliver them. Listen, I'm not going to let the culture define that uh, uh, God didn't create an Adam and Steve. He created an Adam and Eve. Come on, somebody. And I'm here to tell you, that's not what the Word of God said. It is the, the marriage institution is between one man and one woman. And can I tell you that the enemy's trying to cause division and tactfulness to try to divide this right here. And can I tell you that it's an end time attack of the devil to come against the boundaries but I want to let you know tonight we cannot allow the enemy to come against these boundaries and we need to hold up and declare through the word of God devil no trespassing hallelujah this is private property you can't steal my wife you can't steal my husband I still believe in the coming of the Lord I still believe in divine healing no trespassing devil I still believe in the power of the Holy Ghost I still believe that the only way to God is through Jesus Christ not Allah not Krishna it's only through him that's the only one and the bottom line is is that it all rests in the word of the living God stand with me across this sanctuary stay right there y'all Pastor Newby I want you to come and I know I went over my time and I apologize but I don't apologize about what I'm preaching do you hear me because I really feel like tonight that this is a message that God has given me not only for Crown Point Church, but for the church. We cannot afford for these boundaries to keep backing up. But that is exactly what is happening inside some of our churches today. But I'm determined at Crown Point. I'm not the pastor, but I'm just a guest preacher, and this is my pastor tonight. That these blood boundaries have been set. And we're not moving. We're going to be like Naboth. And we're going to declare the Lord forbidden me. That I should give you the vineyard that God has given me. Pastor I want to submit to you tonight. But I believe that there are some that maybe need to come and stand in front of some of these boundaries. I know it's kind of strange. Is that okay pastor? There's some of you, you've seen something. You've seen something that God has grabbed a hold of your heart 
Maybe it's family. Maybe, you know what? You don't even have to stand at one. Guess what? This is what I'd like to see tonight is that the Spirit moves you from family. You cry out for John. And then you move that, Lord, I'm consecrating myself to believe you're coming soon. That maybe you just move throughout all of these tonight. But right now, this is what I want you to do quickly. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to plead with you. I just want you to step out of your seat right now. And as an act, just saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you tonight. It's just going to a boundary and reclaiming your boundaries tonight. Why don't you do it? Step out of your seat right now and go to a boundary. Come on. Come on, church. Every one of you, if you can, go to that boundary. Believe the Lord. Oh, Pastor Newby, help me pray. Come on, Pastor Barry. Maybe you want to hand that off to somebody else. Let them hold it for you. Maybe some of you need to come. We're going to pray for you right now. Come on, just cry out. Lift up your hand and cry out tonight. Yes, Lord. Come on, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You're reclaiming the Word of God. You're reclaiming salvation in your life. Help me, Pastor Mary. Let's pray. Help me, Pastor Mary. Hallelujah, Jesus. Pastor Brother Mary, come on. Just put that down. Help me pray. Come on. Lift your hand and just believe for these boundaries. God, I've set them up. I've set them up. I'm not going back. I'm going to be like Naboth. The enemy wants to move back from me. We're reading the word. The enemy wants to move back from salvation through Christ. The enemy wants to move back from the Holy Ghost. The enemy wants me to move back from the rapture. The enemy wants me to move back from healing. The enemy wants me to move back from my family. But we're just believing for complete, complete healing power.